your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. We'll do this again. We'll do this again, Keith. Uh, Viterbo political scientist Keith Kirutsen in studio. He walked over here on this beautiful Sub Zero. Is it Sub Zero's out? Oh, no, I don't think so. No, okay. Um, he has to walk back though, and the sun will be down by then. <laughs> Although the days are getting longer. So, and somebody texted me last week. Uh, daylight savings is right around the corner. The opposite of daylight savings. whatever we're calling it, daylight uh, spending. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Where do we want to go? There was a Democratic debate yesterday. There is a, you know, Roger Stone news again today. He he was sentenced. He was sentenced right? by uh, Judge Amy Berman, 40 months uh, in prison. Uh, but, but it's been delayed because yes. uh, Stone has asked for a retrial, and so she is uh, considering that. I don't know how long she'll take to, to consider it. Uh, the sentence was reduced from the... Prosecutor's recommendation, seven to nine years, 40 months, uh, three years, and four months. And if you don't know who Roger Stone is, Roger Stone is a Trump ally with a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. Uh, Roger Stone is a dirty trickster from way back when. (laughs) Dirty trick. He dresses like a trickster. Uh, He's an interesting character. Um, And Stone was convicted in November on all seven counts of... indictment that accused him of lying to Congress, tampering with a witness, and obstructing the House investigation to whether Trump campaign coordinated with the Russia, with the Russia, with Russians to tip off the 2016 election. And Roger Stone would seem to have been the The middleman middleman between uh, the Trump campaign and Russia. Russia, okay, and he's he's done. Well, I don't know. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, um, that's what I was going to. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks was working with Russia to get this sure. um, information from, uh, from the Democratic National Committee. And Julian Assange, he's uh, somewhere uh, locked in some. He's in. Asylum uh, place. He's in England, uh, imprisoned in England. Is he in prison? Okay, because the last time I looked up Julian Assange, he was. At some, he was in the Peruvian uh, embassy in yeah, London. He was uh, pissing everyone off in that. Embassy. Well, he was avoiding being extradited to Sweden, where he had been charged with um, a sexual assault. Oh, okay, good. Oh, good. That, um, those right. charges have since been dropped. So, do we? Do we? The, the, the news isn't so much that another Trump affiliate is going to jail or has been. You know, I think this is the seventh. <laughs> this is only the seventh. Um, we're waiting for Hillary to lock, be locked up. And um, the news isn't so much that because, oh, well, another Trump guy going to jail, whatever. But the news is more so that the, his, the, the Justice Department recommended seven to nine years. The, prosec- then- the prosecutors who, of course, work in the United States Justice Department, Um, The attorney general, William Barr, um, whether he did it directly or not, I'm I'm not quite certain. But the Justice Department then backtracked from these four prosecutors and uh, they were recommending a a lighter sentence. And then President Trump has stepped into the the scene, uh, arguing that uh, Roger Stone has been unfairly treated. And and here we are. It, his sentence has been reduced in half, right? Almost at least about in half or so, depending on that. how you and, want to look uh, at it. So. And of course, President Trump uh, uh, pardoned, uh, I think, about eight white collar criminals. Uh, for us, maybe the most high profile, the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich. Um, and so, President Trump seems to be uh, 
uh, taking the side of uh, white-collar criminals. And that one wonders if that's a, a good position going forward towards the election in November. 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Forward. Talk and text line if you want to get in here. Keith Knutson sitting in with me. Um, all right, so that's one thing. I don't know if we need to talk about Roger Stone so much. It's it's alarming, and I think there's like a there were like two thousand signatures from judges, federal judges, or something. Former that, former uh, Justice Department employees actually asking William Barr, the Attorney General, to resign uh, for um, undercutting the the prosecutors and their recommended uh, sentencing. And and uh, on top of that, <laughs> William Barr. He 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 talked about oh he might quit because of this, but I think some of this is all dog and pony show a little mm. bit like William Barr and Trump are hey what if I just say I'm going to quit oh yeah that'll look good it'll it'll look like there's a rift between it us it does really seem that there has been some communication between the Attorney General and the President um, the 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 President has pretty openly said he acknowledges he's making uh, the Attorney General's job uh, uh, harder uh, one wonders uh, what is actually said between these two parties. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, harder. That's, that's not in public. It's harder to, to overstep your prosecutors when Trump is telling the nation on Twitter you're overstep. It's easier if Trump just, hey, Trump, don't tweet that stuff. We'll take care of it if you don't tell the public about it. And then uh, the, the it'll president go has the said that his uh, ability to tweet is his avenue for talking with the American people. Uh, he doesn't do uh, that communication with the public the traditional way uh, presidents have had news conferences. Mm-hmm. President Trump has very little of that. You've already, uh, on past programs, noted that when he's going to the helicopter, yeah, he only uh, he'll, does he'll meet quote, with unquote, journalists and answer questions. Yeah, he only does quote-unquote press conferences in front of helicopters, or underneath helicopters, and then he complains how he can't hear the questions. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm sorry whoever called. Maybe you're just calling back. That I hung up on you. I didn't try that. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute right here. I'm with him. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. The Sugarloaf Forward Talk and Text Line if you want to get in here. I got a couple of texts I'll read in a minute. Uh, Keith Knutson, Viterbo Political Science Professor, in studio with me. And can you not hear that? Uh, let's push that in. It's this one here. Try that. That helps. Um and if it's too loud, just tell me. And Dan has been waiting patiently during the news break, so I'll put Dan on. Dan, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I've got a question for Mr. Knutson. Uh, he started out the show, I think, saying that uh, Trump only pardoned white-collar criminals. I didn't um, say only. Is he he just... sure about that? They were all, everyone he pardoned and commuted their sentence on was a white-collar criminal? I nope. think these last eight, uh, almost exclusively white-collar criminals. Yeah, but the last eight, um, how about the ones before that? You're, you're saying that he's... he's. I was talking he, about the last eight, Are you eight giving color. the impression that he's only commuting and pardoning white-collar criminals? Well, that when you might don't be what you take, Collar, but, but you might have listened to, uh, I, I said that just this, uh, yesterday he uh, pardoned eight white-collar criminals. He's pardoned other people, of course, quite infamously, that Na- pr- that, quite infamously that Navy SEAL who had actually been convicted of something akin to a war crime. So the people President Trump has chosen to pardon, um, in my judgment, and I think in many Americans' judgments, uh, these are questionable pardons. Dan? All of them? Um, I, I don't have a list of all of his pardons. Exactly. 
Exactly. I didn't now, say how about, all is color. he the only president that's ever pardoned or commuted a sentence for anyone? Of course not. Exactly. But you give that impression when you say those things. Like, oh, this is unique. No, caller, caller you're assuming that it's unique. I'm saying, I'm observing that he just did that in a moment when he's already talking about pardoning Roger Stone. Um, this is a uh, this is a new approach to pardons and the criminal justice system, caller. That's what I would say. All right, thanks for the call, Dan. Uh, let's see, there's a text here. Oh, so you're you're a political science professor at Viterbo. So somebody texted in. Why are there no Republican teachers in your position? Well, I'm the only person in my position um, that is one one position. But across the country, um, uh, there are uh, journal articles about political science that I read. Uh, People don't – all social scientists, of course, or maybe most, don't put their political position out. Uh, but certainly there are Republicans within the profession of uh, political science. I'm not collecting the data, but uh, undoubtedly there are. All right. I'm, there's there's a bunch of texts here that are miles long, so I'll have to decipher them. We'll do that during the news break. Um, debate yesterday. It, it Really funny. Democratic debate in Las Vegas. Uh, how many people are up there? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. There's too many to count. And is this going to get whittled down pretty quick? Or, I mean, some of, some of these people are like, why are you out there anymore? You're just, I don't understand. Well, uh, the newest entrant, Michael Bloomberg, is uh, in the field um, with a lot of money uh, buying advertisement that has gotten him public opinion polling support across the country, which allowed him to qualify. Pete Buttigieg has been doing pretty good in Iowa and New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bernie Sanders has a solid base of support from four years ago. He's generally considered the leader now. Amy Klobuchar uh, came up from uh, uh, not such a good showing in Iowa, in my estimation, to third place in in New Hampshire. Biden had been the uh, national public opinion polling leader uh, through about a year. Well, uh, Elizabeth Warren was running second. So all these people have uh, some claim to being there. March 3rd, in my estimation, is going to uh, sort out the, those who were on the stage last night. Uh, some of them are not going to get past March 3rd. Uh, yeah, at one point, I think Elizabeth Warren standing next to Mike Bloomberg, if nobody's – and, and this, is, this is what we've come down to in the media is, like, what are we going to – what are we – what are the headlines going to be tomorrow? What are the stories going to be about? It's going to be about Elizabeth Warren calling Bloomberg billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse face lesbians. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's attention getting. And, and Warren was on a, 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 a on a tear yesterday. She was on a roll last night. Uh, I think she got the most time, uh, certainly made the most uh, extravagant charges. But, of course, she's been falling in the public opinion polling. She hasn't been performing. Uh, as she might have expected uh, eight months ago. So uh, the reaction is you've got to get your name out there. You've got to get attention. She did a pretty good job of that last night. Well, the, and you said you read an article about, hey, these Democrats are attacking each other now. Maybe they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be attacking each other. But this is what we do. We're pitted against each other right now. Why are you going to stand out? Warren needs to stand out somehow. She can't be the nice lady anymore. So... Uh, the, the, this is where, where we're at, and it's probably only going to get dirtier, right? Maybe not dirtier, but like nastier? Um, more contentious. 
uh, I, I saw one headline describing uh, last night as a spirited debate. So how we depict this uh, might depend upon where our starting point is for understanding what's going on. Okay, we're going to go to the phones. Uh, let's see here. We'll go to Joe is waiting. Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, didn't I hear that uh, Roger Stone, all the charges that they had against him, the only thing they got him on was lying to the FBI? No, he is was that correct? Nope. No. He found guilty of all seven charges he was uh, he, he, he was uh, found guilty of lying to Congress. Uh, he was engaged in witness tampering. And uh, there's a third element of the charge. Maybe, Rick, you've got it. I had it. But he was convicted on those charges? He was convicted was on seven the, charges. Seven for seven, man. Seven for seven. <laughs> Pretty good shooting percentage. Um, all right, we'll go back to the phones. Thanks for the call. And let's see. Pete, Pete you there? Go ahead, Pete. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here and I'm cold. It's cold out, isn't it? Why are you outside? Oh, I just came in. I had to go out and throw the trash away. Okay. Hey, you know, I was uh, listening to your program. Uh, uh, I think uh, Manafort and Stone and whoever else was uh, tossed, uh, uh, convicted in that uh, uh, Mueller investigation, which turned out to be a joke. Uh, they should all get off. Every one of them. You ought to pardon every one of them. Because none of them were convicted were for collusion, and wasn't that the thrust of the investigation? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, but they were looking for Russian collusion. Manafort pleaded all guilty. Of sudden, all of a sudden, they're putting people in jail for stuff that they did before. Come on, man! They were bribing them, trying to trying to get them to to lie or whatever, to, so they could get at Trump. And did they but, get at Trump? No. But Pete, man, Paul Manafort <laughs> pleaded guilty. Yeah, I know he pleaded guilty, but not to Russian collusion. But he pleaded guilty for what he's in get charged with. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The thrust of the investigation was Russian collusion. Collar, he didn't collar. plead guilty to, to collusion or working with Trump to collude with the Russians. Collar. It was for some kind of income tax or something Pete. else. If we want to go through the charges, I can put them out. I'll prove you wrong. Pull them up. But the fact is that none of them were thrown in jail for right. Russian collusion or anything to do with Pete. Russian collusion. Time out. Go ahead. All right. Caller, uh, collusion is not in the legal code, so uh, it's pretty clear that Robert Mueller himself was not investigating collusion. The first half of his report was about uh, the uh, attempt at uh, Russia manipulating our election. Was there a conspiracy between uh, Russia and the Trump campaign? And Mueller concluded no. The second half of his report uh, he uh, showed uh, evidence on, I think, about 10 occasions where President Trump may have engaged in uh, 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 witness tampering, um, uh, that is, obstructing justice. Uh, I, uh, I apologize. Uh, and yeah. Mueller then said uh, there's a letter, there's a, a policy in the Department of Justice, a sitting president cannot be indicted. When Mueller testified before Congress, uh, Jack Buck, a congressman from Colorado, asked him, can this uh, can President Trump be charged after he leaves the presidency? Mueller said yes. As a matter of fact, that, a that question was asked twice. So, uh, I, I think your idea Holy. of collusion is just it, it, it's the media term, and uh, it doesn't really apply to Please. the discussion. Those guys got tossed in jail for nothing they had to do with conspiring with Russia. It didn't right. have anything well, to do with uh, conspiring with Russia. It was all other charges. I, I looked so, at the charges. It was well, for some kind of income tax and some kind of uh, and, bank And those deal. were not from Mueller, Collar. It didn't have anything Collar. to do with Russian you, 
conspiring with the Russians. You're wrong. Uh, Manafort and Gates got caught uh, on their financial shenanigans. Uh, That was not the Mueller investigation. Uh, Manafort was um, in jail, I think, before Mueller distributed his uh, findings. Nothing to do. All right, Pete. It's just, we're just yelling at each other at this point, so we'll move on. Uh, another call here. Eric Eric from Sparta is waiting. Eric from Sparta, you're on with Keith. Go ahead. Eric, what a I relief watched, that you are on the air with us now. I watched that uh, debate last night, and it looked like a bunch of childhood brats um, <laughs> bitching each other. And I'll let that go with that, but uh, do you think any of these uh, Democrats, after the Durham reports come out are going to be indicted and charged. After which report? The Durham report. Yeah, oh, that's the uh, the gentleman, the U.S. attorney that uh, uh, Attorney General Barr uh, has investigating the foundations of uh, Mueller's investigation. Um, yeah, you think any Democrats are going to get? Uh, you know, I don't know a bunch of these guys were extreme liberals, like the, like the judge who uh, convicted or uh, sentenced uh, Stone, but. Uh, is he going to get sent to jail or charged with any crimes? Any, any who? Any of these uh, people who have conspired to... Um, Democrats, Keith. What? Just, we got to lock up the Democrats. We got to lock them up. We got, we, we've gone through how many investigations, and we haven't locked up any Democrats. When are we going to do the locking them up? Actually, President Trump just pardoned a Democrat, Rod Blagojevich of uh, Illinois, who tried to sell uh, Barack Obama's Senate seat. Um, so Democrats are capable of engaging in crime, uh, as are Republicans. And when people engage in criminal behavior, they should be taken up before the courts and their sentences should be pronounced and then they should serve their sentences. All right. One more call before we go to break. Uh, caller, who is this? You're on the air. This is Tom. Hey, Tom. Uh, my question is, the stone that's in jail right now is appealing because the foreman of his uh, jury had uh, made comments and was anti-Republican going into this, and now they're trying to find out how she even made it onto the jury, and now they're even looking into the judge. Any comments on that? I've read these uh, um, ideas about the the four person um, being a a political a self identified uh, I, I guess a Democrat. Um, you know, I leave that to the courts. Uh, the lawyers for Roger Stone have a chance to talk with these potential jurors, uh, and that's part of the process. Uh, maybe they missed that one. I don't know, caller. Uh, we'll see, but at this stage of the game, Roger Stone is not in jail. Uh, he uh, got to go home. He will then uh, be able, his lawyers will uh, make an appeal that he had an unfair trial, and the judge will hear the case. And Judge Amy Berman Jackson is considered a a, a very um, effective uh, judge, uh, well respected. I don't think there's partisanship on the judge's part. All right, we're going to hit Scott's comment. The news will be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to the Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914, the Winona Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. Uh, Kevin texted in and said, You're no Joe Heim. So he's not learning anything from you like he does with Joe Heim in the morning. 
Um, I had Joe Heim as uh, my instructor when I was an undergraduate, and I learned quite a bit from him, and I wish um, I could uh, help other people learn about politics as well. Oddly enough, when you leave and then tomorrow I'm in here alone, then people are always texting, you're no Keith Knutson. So that's weird. Uh, Eric from Sparta, speaking of that, Keith, that other voice is Keith Knutson, Viterbo Political Science Professor. If you're just joining us, and Eric is joining us again. Eric, go ahead. Uh, the reason I was asking you the last time about this uh, Durham guy is uh, you think uh, there's two things. Let me do this first. I got one more after that. It's really important. You think Durham uh, will indict Clapper, Brennan, uh, you know, the National Security Agencies over their mistreatment of President Trump over this investigation of his uh, Russian thing? Number two, and I'm dead serious about this, do you think that China might be might have used their uh, military facilities to develop a uh, biological weapon they got away from, and they're denying anything about it. No. Um, yes, I agree with Rick in response to your second question, Eric. On the first one, uh, Durham has been hired by William Barr to investigate the foundations of the Russia investigation. Uh, if uh, I don't think Durham would do the indicting. I think he would turn over his findings to uh, the Attorney General, and the Justice Department will then decide what to do with his findings. From uh, what I know about the, all of these developments, I think uh, Durham is going to find that uh, the investigation into uh, Trump, Russia, out of the 2016 uh, uh, presidential election campaign was a legitimate endeavor. The Mueller report found uh, 100 contacts between the Trump campaign and Russian agents. Roger Stone was talking with uh, Julian Assange and getting a uh, heads up on the WikiLeaks uh, release. It's pretty clear there was contact. Uh, Mueller discovered, uh, decided uh, there was not evidence to uh, justify uh, a, a conspiracy. And that caller who was talking about collusion, uh, this is the, the common term that's used, but there's no, in, uh, there's no way to charge people with collusion. It, that's not something that is in the law code. All right, we'll go back to the phones. Tom, you're on. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, uh, Rick. Um, I was wondering what Keith thought of um, Blaine laws, like the laws they have. Uh, they're, there's a constitutional uh, court. I'm sorry, case being held right now in Montana, challenging Blaine laws as far as separating church and state or whatever from education. And if the Supreme Court goes in favor of getting rid of Blaine laws, I think started back in the Teddy Roosevelt time, it's going to open up more school choice, which I'm a big, I, I just believe, and I think we need to have more school choice. And I, I, I like publicly funded education a lot. I think it's a great way of, of investing money in our state, but I think that the, those decisions should start the family, and, and certainly not by politicians saying this school system is better than another school system. And I'm on a board for a local school system that does very good things, but I was just curious what Keith's uh, uh, thoughts were on that, if, if I'm making any sense at all. No, I've read, I've read a little bit about this, caller. Um, the Montana State Constitution uh, does, uh, prevents uh, state money from going to private uh, schools, not, not, not only religious, but most private schools are religious in their orientation. So the, the, the state constitution is uh, 
uh, what's preventing the, 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 what we call the voucher system here in Wisconsin. Um, and and uh, I would just uh, find one point to argue with you, caller. Um, as soon as the state is providing uh, funds to parents to take to private schools, religious schools, then by the nature of the program, the state is involved in supporting those schools. So I don't, uh, it, it's the parent's choice, uh, but they're, uh, people who can't afford the, the private school costs, uh, they're then looking to the state to provide them money to pay the private school. So uh, uh, the state is involved. Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, there's nothing in the Constitution, I don't think it says you can't, about church and state, I, I know in the Federalist Papers they talked about that, and I'm not a constitutional person at all, but um, I'm just saying school choice, they've done a lot of surveys, and it's fairly popular, and being I'm not going to say what district I, I'm a member of, but I've seen many, many students who, uh, the district I, I'm in, we have odd start times, and we have, we've had a lot of truancy problems and some behavioral problems, and I think it's it's partly related to science. There's decades of science that uh, the younger kids should start school earlier. The older ones, the teenagers, high school should start later. And well, uh, some districts are just so big. I don't think they can. They're not malleable enough. Mm -hmm. Like education, education should be malleable. It should be flexible. It should be changing as much as possible. But again, I'm not. Uh, I'm a big believer in if we have anything like this, if we give pe people money for schools. They got to spend it in the state because it's our tax dollars that work. Sure. But anyway, I did, I just didn't yep. know what you, the future of that. I just think it's going to keep growing because people like choice. I mean, just it makes sense to me. People like choice. Yeah. So. No, I, I think a lot of our uh, the citizens in our state are with you, caller. They do like choice. As a matter of fact, Vice President Pence was in Milwaukee s shortly ago. Uh, proclaiming Wisconsin is really a leader in this uh, school choice. Uh, uh, program. Um, and and uh, under President Trump, uh, the national level government is, uh, uh, and the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, uh, uh, advocating for more choice programs. From my perspective, one of the problems is uh, students will get into uh, private schools and might do better. Uh, do those private schools have to take care of uh, students with disabilities? Uh, what about the students who are left in the public educational system? If there's money going to choice, is there then money being taken away from the public educational system? So how we approach any of these programs, and I think anybody and everybody would acknowledge uh, private schools are uh, helpful in the public sense because those students are not then in the, the public school program. Are we uh, supporting uh, public schools uh, in the election Tuesday, some number of uh, local referendums, uh, school boards trying to get money for their their schools uh, were were uh, rejected by the voters. And of course, uh, the way we um, fund our schools, uh, property taxes are a, a big element of that. And this is one of the debates going on at the state level government right now. What is a two hundred and fifty billion dollar surplus? This year, Rick, uh, six hundred twenty million. Six hundred twenty million dollar surplus. Uh, pardon me, those M's and those B's and those T's when it comes to dollars can get pretty confusing. And uh, the governor would like to put much of that into uh, public schools. Uh, the yeah. Republicans in the legislature 
would like to do some tax cuts, some property tax cut, I think, for yeah, so, commerce. So the, the legislature today voted to, to do a $250 million income tax cut. Okay. And they're just ignoring Governor Evers' bill that would do a, a property tax cut and also fund K-12 through schools yeah. with $250 million plan. So we're doing Republicans doing tax cuts, and Evers wants to do a different tax cut and also fund schools. So when you talk about school funding, doesn't... Hey, we need to we need to we need to fund schools not through property taxes, right? Because if a school is out in rural wherever where the property taxes are low, then they're not getting funding. Here, I, I agree. We need to find uh, more effective ways of funding our schools and our uh, rural, less populated localities. The caller referenced that in terms of school start times. Uh, those kids are left behind, and somehow, some way, we've got to pool our money together to um, bring all of our children up. Uh, Phil texted in, the state is to provide education for children. All children should be provided a voucher to go to any school of choice regardless. So there's that's Phil's take. Um, we should do this with health care too, right? Everyone gets a voucher to go get any doctor visit they want. Like just give us money to do. I, I, Rick, I can see a campaign issue. Uh, are you running for office now? This sounds like socialism. This voucher school system oh. sounds a little like socialism to me. Uh, all right, we'll go back to the votes. Caller, who's this? You're on the air. This is Joe. Hey, Joe, go ahead, man. So I guess I don't know. I guess I totally missed the boat on the school choice. I always thought growing up that K through 12 across the United States was kind of indoctrinated in all kids the same way through public school, which I think that's the best way to make us a strong nation. I don't believe that. You know, my kids learning from somebody at the end of the block and then two districts down, uh, those kids are learning from somebody else. I mean, I just think all kids in the United States, K through 12, should be indoctrinated with the same information. And then after that 12th grade, however you choose to further your education or get into whatever you want, any type of religious public school or religious schooling or anything like that, that's up to you to pay for. But I want my tax dollars going to a across-the-board, through-the-nation, K-12 through indoctrination program where every single student learns the most proper science, the, the up-to-date math, and not just these private schools where they teach whatever they want. And within a 100-mile radius, there could be... 2015 year olds that are all taught something different. I think that is just, I mean, it's going to break the nation. And I do believe that school choice is just a matter to control public school dollars. And we should go back to indoctrination K through 12 across the nation. Um, uh, your sentiments caller, I'm, I'm uh, quite sympathetic with, I wouldn't use the word indoctrination. Um, I would use education uh, but, of course, in our society, uh, education has been a, generally a, a state-centered function, and then we have local school boards. Uh, here in Wisconsin, traditionally, we've had very high outcomes on our uh, high school graduating uh, test scores, so that Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, these three states have uh, often led the nation in uh, the, the outcome testing of high school graduates. Uh, so there has been a... Um, uh, a discrepancy from regions or different states and how successful our educational delivery system has been. 
one of the things we've tried to do to address that is get the national government more involved um, in funding education. And uh, we see the, the reaction to greater central involvement in education. Many people who want to have their local school board, or at least our state of Wisconsin, direct our educational uh, programs, uh, re react to the centralization. Uh, education is certainly a, a, a vital element of making a healthy society. We're in the midst of uh, a great debate on how to address that issue. All right, back to the phones. Bob, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Hello. Um, Mr. Sanders, um, well, we know that he um, had took his honeymoon in the old Soviet Communist uh, Soviet Union, and uh, we know that um, that if he becomes president, um, he will take all our freedom away because he is a communist. Um, and if you think that us people in our country are going to let Bernie Sanders and all the supporters like you, Rick, destroy our country and take all our freedom away, you're very badly mistaken, Rick. You're very badly mistaken. Okay, but that's what I want. That's what I want, Bob. No more freedom. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in 30 seconds. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. I forgot the the, the jazzy art, artist that we, we did last week, so I just typed jazz, and then I... So whatever this is, this is terrible music. Oh, there's a, there's some saxophone, though. So we're going to... Get you, get you going as we close out the show. Oh, it's getting better, Rick. It's getting better. It's slow starting song. All right, we'll just play it in the background. Uh, 608-785-7914, the Winona Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. If you want to get in here, Keith Knutson, Viterbo polit Political Science Professor. Keith, okay, <clears throat> you, you've been you've been sitting on this the whole show. Mick Mulvaney, he's in Europe. He's he's in England. He's in, he was in England. He gave a okay. speech, uh, I think, at Oxford University. Mick Mulvaney is who? He is uh, the president's chief of staff, uh, acting director uh, of the uh, Office of Management and Budget. Uh, people might recall that he's the guy who, in a news conference, said, all right, there was a quid pro quo. Get over it um, uh, in the Ukraine uh, uh, scandal, I'm going to call it. Um, he did, uh, in this speech, uh, uh, tell uh, students at a university that uh, his own party, the Republicans, um, are um, behaving, uh, I don't know if he used this word, but this was the essence of what he uh, said. The Republicans are getting a little hypocritical on uh, uh, budget deficits. That is, when there's a Republican in office, and right now uh, he's uh, managing a trillion-dollar uh, budget deficit every year. Republicans aren't too concerned about these deficits when a Republican is in the presidency, but when there's a Democrat, um, then they get all up in arms. And uh, that makes the... Uh, capacity to construct a, an effectual, uh, long-lasting government policy quite challenging, and this is a, a deep concern, I think, for all Americans. Yeah, the roller coaster ride of uh, riding the tax cuts and then fixing the tax cuts, and then we'll do it all again. But we'll go to the phones. Jack, is this Jack? Maybe. Yep. Hey, Jack, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, you guys are what? Jack and Bernie Sanders, I take it. Nope. Oh, who is your candidate? Does anybody? 
I mean, did you hear the cry? I don't know. I guess I don't understand the big uh, the deal about Sanders and his socialist agenda or whatnot. I mean, did you hear the crowd last night boo when uh, Bloomberg said this is going to remain a capitalist country or whatnot? And uh, I don't know. I think if Sanders gets an office, he's going to take this country right down the tubes. Does anybody know what the cutoff is? Originally, they were only going to tax the rich, the, you know, 70% or whatever they were talking. And then somewhere along the line, I heard it went down to 50000 And now, I thought last night I heard anybody over 29000 was going to be considered rich and then be taxed extreme. Does anybody know what the cutoff is on that? Well, for who? Uh, are you talking for Bernie Sanders, caller? Sanders gets in office. He's going to raise taxes, and he wants uh, all these major companies to be forced to uh, make their employees be 20% owners of their companies, and that our taxes are going to you know, go to 70% if you're a rich person. Well, everybody knows yeah. the meat of the economy is in the middle class, so yeah. they keep lowering the bar. Now I heard it's as low as 29000 Has anybody else heard a number of where our taxes are going to increase if you're, if you're considered a rich person, what that number is? Well, for Elizabeth Warren, um, she had that two cents on every dollar tax proposal uh, I'm just going to call for millionaires, and I think it was, uh, was it even? It was like $50, 50 million. dollars. Um, so, and uh, I'm not aware there's like of. like three people here in with, like maybe, is there a 50 millionaire in lacrosse? Oh, I, I, I have no idea, Rick. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure many, many of us wish we were, of course. Um, uh, so on Bernie Sanders' caller, uh, the, um, uh, the Medicare for All proposal uh, even the uh, uh, the culinary union in Nevada came out against it. They had just negotiated uh, a pretty good uh, health care benefits for their union members. Uh, so uh, our time yeah. is up. Yeah, that's it. That's the, the 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 question about Bernie Sanders killed the uh, the the entire end of the hour. But that's okay. Well, um, I, whoever becomes president, even as we see with President Trump, uh, in order to get things done, uh, uh, anything outside of executive action, you've got to be able to work with the Congress. And that's what I think we should all be focused on. How can we get our executive and our legislative branch, those two branches together, to make some public policies that are more greatly supported by the general public? And we can worry about this on a federal level, but... If people in Wisconsin need to worry about this right here, like we're and, just, and, we're and just and passing. It looks like our executive and legislative branch needs to uh, develop the capacity to compromise and work together and get some public policy. All right, that's it. Thanks, Keith. Thank you, Rick. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, or I will, and maybe uh, Trump's uh, Wisconsin press secretary working under Donald Trump might be on too. See ya.